everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hustle Podcast. Yes, thank you so much. We do have a request though before we get started. If you have found our content to be entertaining or helpful, would you consider leaving us a review on iTunes? Those five-star reviews really help to make sure that our content gets out there and that our show continues to grow. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando and we're on episode 312. Yeah, 312, an update episode. And we love our update episodes because it's our opportunity to kind of talk about what's going on in our life reselling wise, what's going on in the reselling world, give you some uh, some sweet, juicy, dripping bolos, items you should be on the lookout for uh, to make sure you're making the, the most profit possible on your reselling journey. Yeah, so stick around to the end to make sure you get to those. I wonder what got us to share bolos. I mean, they're probably it's probably in episode one, but what were we? What was our thought process like? We should just share what to look out for. Yeah, well, and the thing too is like it's a bolos kind of can be like the clickbait to get people in, but like we kind of bury ours, not like bury them. Like we, gotta, <laughs> yeah. we never like it's not like huge in our thing. Like the top, you know, we've have a couple episodes like you know five brands that we'll we sell. haven't done a what sold in a yeah. long time either. But I feel like a lot of times that's that's what what people will do is they'll try and do like. Five things to sell on eBay yeah. to make those more. videos do well, though. They do. And that's the thing is like we we include the bolos in there, but uh, not in a way that I think we're bad at marketing. Like I think if, I think if we marketed the bolos better. We, we just keep it real. That That's that's what I appreciate about our podcast is that. And then there's some other podcasts like ours, too, that keep it real in the sense that, we, again, we've always been about documenting. Yeah. We've never been about that guru life. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind the guru life, but I'm not about yeah. about selling things to be a guru. Yeah, that's I, I agree with that. Okay, all, all right. right. So, how things been going for you? I know you're super busy. So, you know, I, I'll, I'll share this before the podcast. Mike's like, "Oh man, I've been doing a lot of recycling because of because of moving." But how's the move going? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty good. Um, it's it's interesting. It, it's interesting because it's such a temporary thing. So, um, the I'm finishing out the school year. I got a decent enough raise this school year to make it worthwhile. Plus the housing market. I mean, we, we don't talk a lot of, we do talk economics on the yeah, podcast, micro, so. um, but we don't, we don't go into like tons of detail all the time with other, other areas like housing and things like that. A little bit, we touch on it or interest rates and things like that. But uh, so the timing wise, it just kind of, it, it was in a bad time for me to, to buy. So originally the plan was sell the fifth will use that money to, uh, as a down while interest rates are low even though prices were kind of high, like the interest rates were so low. Well, then we got into that weird phase where prices were super high and interest rates are rising. So it's like, well, I'm not going to be the dummy that buys it both. And part of that is the reselling life, right? Reselling shows you and teaches you, you buy low, you sell high. Uh, and as you're running a business, if you're doing it and you're scaling, you start to learn more and more about things like leveraging debt and, and that and, and how to handle interest rates yeah. with that. So... Uh, it didn't work out for buying the house this year, but my wife and I, we think we could be wrong. Uh, there's there's great people on both sides of the economic you know spectrum that have differing opinions on this, but we think that the that the market is going to come down. We don't necessarily see like a huge crash, maybe, but the market's got to come down on housing. So we're in this like weird temporary. We're somewhere for like the next ten months, not even a whole year, and then we're gonna try and buy. And so it makes for reselling a little bit tough because one, the process of a move is big, right? Like mm -hmm. taking all of your personal things and moving them, it's a process. And then add on top of that, you've got a huge eBay store. I say huge, but it's probably like a thousand items once you consider like unlisted things and things I've got listed on other platforms besides eBay and all of that. So I've got all of this inventory I've got to move, reorganize because you've got things organized a certain way. And then 
to realize from that, now I've got to, in just a few short months, do it all over again, mm-hmm. right? So it puts you in this really weird position. Uh, and we talked about it on the last episode where uh, being part-time kind of allows me to to say, okay, I'm going to put the brakes on on my eBay business a little bit and because I have to focus on work. Now, somebody could say, well, you couldn't do that if you were full-time. So, But the reality is if I was full-time, then this would be what I would be doing for work. The same way I go to work for, you know, 11 hours a day. A lot of times I'm at work. I'd be, I would have already had my inventory moved, organized, shop would have been running. It would have been like two day pause at most. Right. So because that would have been my time, that would have been my energy and focus. So uh, there's definitely benefits being part-time, being full-time as far as how you run that. Uh, But the reality is even with my store, with the extended handling times and all of that and the vacation mode, I've still got sales coming in, yeah, right? Nice. So, so sales come in, but the nice thing is I've got quite a bit of time to, to ship them. In fact, uh, as a sale will come in, I'll look at it and I'll be like, okay, well, I've actually have this inventory here, or I've got this inventory over at the other place still. Cause I, oh I, I still have the shed over at the other place and half my inventory is there and half is at this new place. Um, mostly because we're still trying to figure out, you know, where everything's going to go and time and all that. Uh, so there's things where it's like, well, this is here, let's just ship it. And so people are expecting it's going to be like 15 day shipping handling time and it goes out the next day. So they're getting a super sweet deal and somebody else, like they might have to wait five, six days. But the nice thing is just having that, that extended time on the handling, it gives you that flexibility, that room to, uh, to not have to stress as much and say like, okay, we got other things going on. We'll, we'll figure it out. So now are you pretty much open? Like, I'm not saying people should flood your store, but are you open to pretty much any offer? Like if an offer comes through, no, 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 it's like almost the opposite. I mean, I, I'm going to get there. So my, my plan is over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to, I'm going to move everything, get everything yeah. ready, get everything going and then get everything that I have currently list or not listed listed because, and I'm going to be super, super picky with inventories. My goal going forward is, I'm going to essentially, I told my wife, I want at least half of the stuff we currently have sold before we move. Cause we're planning on moving out of state this next move. So it's going to be a little bit bigger. Uh, podcast is staying though. Podcast is staying. Don't worry. Don't stress guys. We've we'll got it. Here. We've already figured it out. It's uh, we've got it. We, it's going to be, it's going to be just as good or better promise. So, but anyways, a, a big, you know, almost cross country move. Um, I, I doing the cost benefit analysis, like as any good reseller or business owner is doing is of, okay, how much space would this take in a U-Haul or, or a trailer? I have a, a couple of trailers that I own that I can pull stuff with. All right. How much space is it going to be? Is it going to be another trip? Cause it, if it's, Hey, it's going in one trip, but then I have to come back to pick up this inventory and then go again, that might cost me a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars for the trip. Once you consider wear and tear on vehicles and gas prices and the amount of time I've got to get <laughs> hotels between so then I ask myself, I have to ask myself, is this inventory worth 1500 bucks? Well, a good chunk of it is, and some of it's small and easy to move, but some of it's like, you know, it's worth more than that, but it might sit for a long time. And if somebody were to come in and say, Hey, I'll give you $1,500 for all of this stuff, you know, on this half of your inventory, I might be like, sweet. That's the half that's kind of junk anyways. Mm. I'd gladly get rid of it for that price. Um, so we're going to try and essentially fire sell all of the stuff that's that's harder to move because that's kind of the way we're we're doing the cost benefit analysis. If it's if it's a big item, if it's going to cost a lot of money to move, uh, and it's not going to be very very profitable. Well, I'm glad you're thinking about this now, right? Right, because most people I know that are resellers, it's usually like they got a month, yeah, right, and it's like we got to move stuff, and we understand like sometimes circumstances, yeah, things happen, forces you to move quicker, but at least you have the time and you have a plan. I I think. I think you're going to be really happy. I, I'm not going to be happy when you leave. Uh, I'm I'm hoping that something works out where 
you win the lotto and you don't go anywhere. But I think you still would go because <laughs> your money would go a lot further. I'm going to be honest. If I'm winning the lotto, I'm probably not reselling anymore. That's true. So <laughs> at least well, no, move the podcast. The reason I last is like the, the craziness here. You know, just now San Diego struck down from the from the November ballot. They were going to start doing a tax per mile that you drive in San Diego County. Oh, gosh, I know. I know. Isn't that, yeah. isn't that crazy? Especially because I live is, far from, from work. It'd be brutal. Like, imagine sourcing. Tax, not only do you have to factor in gas, now you have to factor in every mile that you drive. There's and tax, granted, yeah. you could probably write it off on your taxes, but there's going to be... You can't write off taxes on your taxes. <laughs> I mean, it's not part of... I mean, technically... Well, you could write of, off your mileage, but I get, yeah, you're still paying taxes, right? Because yeah. I was doing the math with my son the other day, and I, I drive about 60,000 miles a year. Right. And so I think the tax was like someone, let's say it was 1%. That's like $600 I'm paying in taxes just to drive in San Diego. Yeah. So maybe you're off better off leaving the state. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's kind of where our plan is now um, is, is to get a good chunk of the inventory sold, uh, take some of it, maybe kind of do what I did with going to the swap meet. That was pretty successful for us. And then the goal is just to move basically mm-hmm. the cream of the crop inventory, mm-hmm. the stuff that's easiest to move. And the, the highest profit margin, which is kind of nice because it's almost like a forced purge of the store. Oh, it you're going to be... And listen, your sourcing is going to be so much better. What I would give... And we've talked about this before. I mean, I had a fire a, like probably a quarter mile from my house mm-hmm. earlier this summer. And not saying I, I wish it would have like just burned up my home. But literally everything that matters to me, I can probably put in like two totes and I'm good. I'm good. Like, you know, all my pictures are on a cloud. Right. I got some sentimental stuff, but pretty much. And so if all my inventory was toast and I had to like file an insurance claim and start all over and I, I would I'd be moving like it would be sweet. So, yeah. And so that the, kind of that forced purge of my inventory will be nice <laughs> uh, to to go to the new state with with inventory. That's that's higher end inventory, less stuff to move. And then now the knowledge that I have, because. If you're not forced to do that, we kind of talked about it on the podcast. I'll let it sit. You know what I mean? If I've yeah. got a jacket, I've got a VCR, I know it'll eventually sell for 40, 50 bucks. Oh, yeah. I pay I, $5 for it, even if it takes a few years. Okay, no big deal. I do it all the time. So you you end up just collecting this stuff. And over the long run, it, it it's probably worth it. But then if, yeah, once you kind of consider, hey, would I still buy that knowing what I know now? Maybe not. And so oh, yeah. it, it kind of almost forces your hand. I probably want to buy a quarter of my inventory and yeah. I know what I know now. Which maybe fire sell that stuff, man. That's just a get, lot of stuff. Just that's, do it. That's almost a thousand. Items. Do it. So, you know, but here's something you, you said that, that really I, I heard a lot at eBay open studio. And we'll talk about that in a little bit, but I, I got the chance to go up to eBay open. Um, and when I was there, I met a lot of resellers and most of the resellers I met were part-time. And it was the first time I think I came across people that were happy to stay part-time. And I don't know if it's because of the economy I don't know if it's just because, you know, right now reselling is definitely uh, it's it's a lot more competitive than it used to be. But, you know, they, they, I had one guy tell me about uh, his name started with an E. I wanted to give him a shout. Out. I can't remember. I want to say it's Elias, but I could be wrong. But he had talked to me about he he sells shoes and he loves the fact that, like, if the sales are slow, it's OK. He has a job. Right. He's not worried about it. Right. And I remember. You know, and I still I still see this a lot on YouTube, like everybody's pushing to be full time. And I think full time is great. I love it. I don't want to be part time. I love the freedom. I love the, that I can, you know, wake up when I want to. I can. Well, I have kids, so not always. But I, I get to plan out my day. I get to do things when I want. But the reality is it's also a hustle. Like, I, you know, 
there's not there's not a break in my life really. There's not a time that I can just get away. Now I do travel a lot, but you know when I'm traveling, I'm answering messages, I'm accepting offers. It's not like this clean break, right? So now, um, okay, so that's your update. Yeah, man. What about you? Uh, so it's been interesting. I uh, I've been local deals. I've had like one sweet local deal a week. Yeah, since that's, I, I've that's really sweet. it has been sweet and. They've been crazy. So just want to share a few. I two weeks ago, some Hot Wheel Red Lines. Uh, they were, you know, on a local deal. The guy wanted, I think, like anywhere 160 to 200. I offered 80. The guy asked me, like, would you 100? I'm like, oh, I need to take a look at them. And I showed up. And the guy just like gave them to me, like in a ziplock. He's like, oh, I'll do 80, and just gave them to me. And then I flipped all those, and I made like three to 400 bucks, like within days. Nice. And I'm like, what? Like this is. This is why, like, this is crazy because people are really moving stuff. Then the next week, you know, somebody brought her horses. Somebody's selling like 40 something other brighter horses. And I picked them up for 200 bucks. Now she didn't negotiate, but two or three of those horses uh, sell and I'm in the profit already. And then I had this sweet Super Bowl connection. Now, again, I'm taking things uh, one step further. So earlier in the, earlier in the reselling process, Mike, Mike can attest to this. Everybody's kind of scared to share their reseller. Not only are they scared to share their reseller, the next step is you're kind of scared to share show interest, right? Because sometimes showing interest can work against you, yeah. right? But lately, it's worked in my favor. So I'll give you an example. So this one, was somebody had a bunch of uh, 49er stuff and uh, Giant stuff, so Super Bowl stuff from the, like 80s, 90s. Uh, let me see if I can. I want to show one of the tickets. Do you have one like? No, hold on, hold on. I have one right here. All right, so Orlando's going right now to pick up uh, tickets for. You said it was was it Niners? It's Forty Niners. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be hard for you to sell. Uh, I know you're you're pretty you're pretty diehard Niner fan. I got this uh, Super Bowl. Nice Super Bowl nineteen ticket, like already all set. If you're catching us on the YouTube, and I don't know what it's worth. I mean, maybe it's worth thirty bucks, forty bucks, maybe hundred bucks. Don't no idea, but. I mean, that, that's a long time ago. That's 1985. 85. Yeah. And so... $60, all taxes included. Wonder imagine what, a Super Bowl ticket being that cheap. Well, but that's the thing. $60, given inflation, what is that today? I don't know, man, but that's still cheap in 1985 for a Super Bowl ticket. Yeah. I mean... So a anyways, let's get back to the story. So this person has a bunch of this stuff online. And I was like... Oh, I really want this stuff because I got emotional about it because I'm like, this is this is where I grew up. We're just going to keep it here the whole podcast. And they had it up for $200, right? So I messaged her and I'm like, hey, listen, I've been a Niners fan since birth. I love the Giants. I've been to Candlestick Park, which was where they used to play and it doesn't exist anymore. I've been a Pac-Bowl Park. Like, I am I am Niner fan, Giants fan through and through. Would love to pick up the stuff. I show up and it's all there. And I got other stuff. I'll show Mike after, but I have like tickets from like World Series. I have tickets mm. from uh, World Cup '94 uh, when they when it was in the United States. Like a bunch of stuff. And I said, "Listen, I got to be real with you." I told the lady, "I said I I'm I'm struggling here because this is reliving my childhood." So I showed super interest. I remember she had at two hundred, and I said, "But on the other side, there's a I really don't know the value on a lot of the stuff, which I don't." But I know I knew that right away I could sell a couple of pieces and make my money back. And I said, I know you have it 200, but um, and I never give the first number. But she kind of we kept going back and forth and I knew she wasn't going to give a number because she didn't know either. And I said, how about 80 bucks? 
she's like, you know, I can tell you really like this stuff. And honestly, and she knew you were going to sell it. Yeah. Yeah. And she goes, honestly, I know you're going to sell it. And I hope you make a lot of money. Let's do 80 bucks. Nice. And sold. So I always encourage everyone, like, get out of your comfort zone. Not only sure you're a reseller, but if somebody is, is very much saying, hey, you know, I, I know you're going to make money on this stuff. Be like, yeah, I'll make money, but this is how I support my family. I do this full time. Yep. Like, give people the whole context. Don't don't come off like, yeah, I'm going to make 10x on it. Like, don't go that way. Yeah. Go down the road of, you I'll know, what? Lambo what, with, you, with yeah. this. <laughs> Especially for full time. I mean, I'm not... I'm not hiding anything by saying this is for my family. Like right. every dollar I make from reselling is reinvested into my family, into my kids. Yep. And so, uh, yeah, I had just had the mega score. So local deals have been great. I find that there's a lot more garage sales right now. Um, a lot more community sales have been happening. I couldn't make this last week, but there was like three or four happening at the same time. And I just think because of the economy, like people are just, uh, just trying to offload stuff. And so, so it's been good. It's been good. And I've been handing out a lot of business cards. I've had, I don't know how many instances where somebody has a whole collection and they really care about their collection. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Did you catch the Instagram story from this week? You're probably a super busy movie, yeah. but uh, this guy had all these vintage toys and I showed up late. I was like an hour and a half late. And I just got this vibe like that. I don't know. I'm clairvoyant or something, but I had this feeling that this guy had more. So I asked him, I said, Hey, do you have any other toys that like you're just kind of struggling to sell? And he's like, yeah. And and he looked at his wife and he's like, come on, go show him. And he's like, he's like, yeah, but I'm waiting because, you know, I need to sell this. And he pointed to his wife who's pregnant. And, mm. and I said, hey, listen, let's just take a look. I, I can't. I, I'm pretty sure probably won't be able to make a deal. And sure enough, he takes me back there and it's like, uh, you know, the Atat, you know what that is? Mm-hmm. The Star Wars, like the big. Oh, the machine. ATAT. Is that what is this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that what it's called? <laughs> the ATATS. Okay, had a Millennium Falcon. Had all these vintage, like like tons of stuff. He had a Jabba the Hut with what is the thing that he lays on, and there's like the cage underneath him. I don't forget what that's called, but anyways, had everything. And he told me he put on offer up, and instantly there was a bidding war on offer up. Like people, like he had it for four hundred. Somebody's like, I'll give you five hundred. Somebody's like, I'll give you more. And I, I. I've always been a fan of not getting involved in that mess. Right. Right. Cause generally that turns people off. I've, I've, I don't know what it is, but my experience when somebody's trying to sell something and you start a bidding war in front of them, mm-hmm. I find that sellers like at a garage sale or even locally, like they don't, they don't dig that. Like they, then they, they it begins to get them to think like maybe I'm underselling this. Right. So I looked at everything and sure enough, 500 bucks, you know that's what somebody offered him i could have offered him 600 probably would have been a good deal but i just felt at the moment it just wasn't the right time he also said he had some full voltron toys and so i was like here's my business card give me a call so i i had i have so many stories of that throughout the week of going to places and people are like i'm not ready to sell but uh i'll let you know when and so always have that business card ready because you never know when you're gonna get that call so and then that, and then the other thing is Amazon sales are picking up. Uh, we'll talk about that later on in our resellers topics. But I think people are shopping for Christmas now. So good stuff. All right, hey, Patreon, Discord. Yeah, you guys have been so incredible to us, so good to us. And uh, I, I want to say, the, the value that we're getting from the Discord is second to none. Uh, and I granted, I'm not in a lot of discords, but every day I go on there, and even before I say anything, before I even ask a question. I'm seeing what people post and I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. 
Oh, that's good. Oh, that's a bowl I should look out. That's probably something I shouldn't do. That's probably something I should do. Like somebody had mentioned about how you can put like, uh, you know, small flat rate boxes in the padded envelopes. Like, mm. I, I don't know, you know, where the post office lands on that, but you know, it, it's a good thing. If you guys don't know, I mean, we did the kind of the floating the box thing. Right? Yeah, yeah, we do the floating the box thing or we put, yeah, we do the uh, mug life, mug right? Life, we put yeah. box inside padded envelopes. So a lot of great ideas in the discord. And so, What's been awesome is that all of you that, you know, support us on Patreon have been able to show us, hey, we really love the podcast. We want to continue it. We want to help you guys to get to a place where you can, you know, do more episodes a week. And and not and not only that, but then people are getting on Discord and they're providing even more value. So I just want to say thank you to everyone uh, that supported us. If you want to, you know, get in on the action for five fifty five a month, 18 cents a day. I uh, just go on over to patreon.com slash pairs of podcast. There's a link below. Uh, sign up uh, for Patreon. And when you sign up for Patreon, you get access to the Discord. That's right. So anything you want to add to that? No, I think that's great. I mean, y- even just what we were talking about with, uh, you know, sharing the ear reseller, like we have a, a whole section there. It's kind of like a rants and rave, um, you know, uh, given that our last uh, Monday mini was on, on negativity, but we, we definitely think there's a place for, yeah. we definitely think there's a place for being able to kind of share frustrations because uh, we, we, we can relate to that. And somebody kind of had a similar thing. The, the reality is sharing your reseller uh, works in your favor most of the time. However, there are times where it doesn't like, we're going to be honest with you. Like we don't want you to like share your reseller for the first time and it blow up in your face and you come to, to Mike and Orlando and say, you know, I'm never listening to Pierce podcast again because I lost this deal. Like it, it does happen. You're going to there are going to be times where you say, hey, I'm yeah, I'm a reseller. I'm hoping to there's not a profit in here for me. And that's instantly going to take the seller and put them on this like defensive mode. And they're like, I don't want to sell this stuff to you. And there's one example of a person who in the, di- the discord who was talking about they were trying to buy a bunch of pants off of somebody. And they mentioned like, they were a reseller. Buy the pants off of them? Yeah, literally just right off. Like, I want those pants. No, but the person had like, you know, several pairs of a certain type of pants. And uh, I'm pretty sure it was pants. And they they were, you know, I'm, here's how much I could do for these. And the person goes, oh, are you a reseller? And it's like, yeah. Oh, well, then I'll, I'll sell them to you for twice that oh, price. I remember that. Sorry. Right? And, and the reality is like some people and then their response was, I'd rather just donate this to, to, so that people who who need it can get it instead of giving it to a reseller. And it's such a flawed logic. And the point I made in the, in the discussion on the discord was, you know, for me, when I buy something from somebody and I, and I sell it and make money off of it, I use that money. I've used that money to buy medical equipment for my son and medicine for my son. I use that to, to buy, you know, school uh, stuff from supplies for my kid. I use that to pay bills. I use that to pay, you know what I mean? Like I'm not, it's not like I'm just using this money and then I'm already, I can literally just roll in cash yeah, all day long. It's not like we drive in Lamborghinis to like these deals. Right. You know? and, and, and my thought is like, what person who's buying a pair of like, you know, whatever it was, Miss Me jeans or whatever, needed those jeans more than I potentially needed the money in order to yep. do something for my family Such that's necessary. Right. So people have, there are going to be people who just have this mentality that, that it, what you're doing is just evil. That like you are literally the spawn of Satan for selling stuff that people desire. Like that is an awful thing. How dare you? So it, it, it will blow up in your face, but it's nice to have a, a rant and rave place. So that way somebody can share that in the discord um, and say, hey, this is what I experienced at the time it blew up my face. And a bunch of people could say, yep, that's happened too. But then you get the validation of and that happens like once out of every, you know, 15, 20 times somebody will will say no and they get upset about it. But the rest of the time it works in your favor or if it doesn't work in your favor, it's at least neutral. So, um, 
you, you kind of see, you get a better picture when you have multiple people kind of providing input and you realize like, okay, this is, this is the normal way things work. And this isn't, you know, I, I can't, I don't need to expect it to happen this way. Or, and, and having that community really helps with that. So again, thank you to all of you who, who support us on Patreon. You make Pierce podcast happen. Yeah. Agreed. All right. So we got some random stories. Uh, I'll share one and then I get another one after you. Share. <laughs> Uh, so the post office caught me finally. I don't know if I mentioned this. Ooh, have you been have you been so being deceitful? So I wasn't. So somebody had posted. So a long time ago, I had said maybe six months ago, I had said that you can modify flat rate boxes. Like you can, you can modify flat rate boxes, but you have to pay the priority shipping cost if you modify it. Or if it's cheaper, you might get yourself in danger, and the post office might say. I, they might actually scan it as a flat rate box because pirate ship doesn't tell you you can't modify them. Pirate ship says, Hey, listen, here's what happens. If you do modify a flat rate box, you run the danger of being charged for a flat rate box, even though your item would have been cheaper as a priority box. Does that make sense? Right. So I had a good friend of mine that I shipped stuff out to in San Francisco and I, and you know, it was only going to cost me $8 to ship a couple things to him. And the flat rate was 13 bucks. But I didn't have a box. So I just grabbed the flat rate box and wherever it said flat rate, I put uh, the late shipping label stickers, clear the white ones, you know, over it. And it just looks like priority box. And I shipped it. And next thing I know, I get this, uh, you know, this message from Pirate Ship saying uh, the post office has deemed that you used a flat rate box to ship something. And, you know, uh, we're charging your account $5.83. I was like, oh. Oh, yeah. Now, somebody had in the YouTube comment six months ago, I said the post office was changing that because back in the day, it used to be you could modify flat or you can modify any priority mailbox as long as you pay the appropriate shipping cost based on weight and measurements. Right now, a flat rate box, if you're going to use it as a flat rate box, you had to make sure that you covered up anything that said flat rate so it doesn't get confused when it goes to the post office. Well, Maybe I think what happened may, is my guess is it went through the belt, you know, in the scanner and the scanner saw the dimensions of the box because I didn't modify the box. Uh, that makes sense. I bet you have to modify. I, yeah. it, it's it, it it's weird, but it does make sense that you, if you modify it, then you would pay the regular you know shipping price. Mm -hmm. But if you don't modify it, you you would have to pay the flat rate price. That makes sense, even though it's bizarre, but it, if you if you're sending it as a flat rate box and you're just covering up flat rate, it's literally a that's flat what rate I did, and I think that's what got me in trouble. So anyway, so be careful out there. All right, so. you got anything? <laughs> yeah. So uh, we, my son has a uh, Toy Story um, little mini Toy Story collection, and a lot of the Toy Story toys that he has comes from older cousins, right? So he's got cousins now that are in their teenage years, and uh, one that is like past teenage years like 20 ish or so okay. and so he's gotten like a buzz light year and he's gotten woody and stuff from like og toy story toys like not like the new stuff but like pretty old school probably first few generations or first generation uh, of some of these toys and it's interesting because maybe not first gen because that would have been maybe a little too too old but but you know earlier toys and so his younger cousin came over and she's a couple years younger and she's obsessed with Woody. So she's like playing with the Woody toy that he has. And so we're like, Oh, her birthday's coming up. We should like buy her a Woody toy. And so we look on Amazon and like they're stupid price for yeah. like a Woody doll. I'm like, Why are these so expensive? Especially the older ones. Yeah. Well, just even the new stuff is pretty expensive. 
So we're like, well, they can't be that expensive on, on eBay. And so then we look them up on eBay. Holy cow. If you're, I mean, obviously I, I would know if I'm going to a garage sale and I see like a woody toy in a, in a new in box or anything toy story, new in box that looks like it's really, really old. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be willing to buy it, you know, but to think that a used toy woody that's not even like the first gen the first uh version first edition woody but you know stuff that came out probably toy story 2 those woodies are selling for pretty yeah. high prices on ebay and it's it's literally like toy isn't it toy story 2 where he's like getting the collection together and selling woody I think so. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it's Toy Story 2, too, and that's the, the whole theme of the movie is like the collector guy is buying yeah, yeah. Woody and, and selling it. Right? Yeah, that's because when the, Woody meets his, uh, I guess his girlfriend or whatever. Yeah, but they're not. I don't, I think, whatever I think she's it in is. Dubai's, but yeah. So, <laughs> she's in Dubai's. Um, <laughs> so it's just bizarre to me to, to think like that was a funny, like as a reseller, like watching Toy Story 2 is pretty funny. Right, because he's made out to be kind of like the villain, like how dare yeah. he collect? Sure, sure, he's sure, taking sure. from a kid, and he's but it's still pretty funny. The whole like selling it on eBay, and he does the thing we've talked about, like actually it's it, it's so expensive that he's gonna fly it to the the customer mm -hmm. instead of just sending it in a you know a box, and all of the things that we've talked about on the episodes over the years. Like there's a lot of like things that connect to Toy Story too, but to think that that's actually a thing, like the selling toy story toys is almost the plot of toy story 2 because they can be so expensive yeah no, it's so true. it's it's I, I, I don't know so it's just kind of a funny thing to think like well i guess we're not getting you this toy uh but the fact that they made a movie about something that's actually happening with the toys from the yeah, movie no, but I get it very meta very meta that is, and that's a bolo yeah bolo free I mean, bolo i uh, and the reason they're bolo especially like if you find the older buzz light years because those wings are broken like the one thing you see the wings pop yep, out yep. and it was like to infinity yep. and whatever and so i remember i bought those my son uh, yes yeah, toy story 2 when i bought some of those because toy story 1 came out what 90s like 95 yeah. 97 like if you find those toy story toys you got some money yeah so definitely check them out no mine is i'm just getting more repeat buyers um, and you should tune into our Monday episode or money episode where we talk about coupons. I'm just finding that now I have, it's weird. Like first it was Hawaiian shirts. Then it was Harley gear. Then it was people that collect Hot Wheels red lines. Now I have like a group of like department 56 people that are like, mm. whenever I post anything, they're like messaging me. They're like, how about this one? Um, I, same thing with Briar horses. I've had, I've picked up a few Briar horses and, the best is when they correct me like this isn't a proud stallion this is a family stallion and i'm like oh i don't like i'm gonna see if you're a collector man Those yeah you know important. you know They're but important. I, I do think ebay is doing a better job with repeat buyers uh because I, I i'm able to more I, to identify them i just wish and i'll share this in a little bit when we talk about reselling topics it would just tell you when they send you an offer this person is a repeat buyer hmm. Because then that would make it easier, right? And usually I know if it's a repeat buyer based on the username. I think they should just integrate it into their messaging system, right? I finally have the new messaging system. And it, it should basically... <laughs> just now? Well, I, I had to like click a button. I finally found oh, okay, it on my okay, phone. Okay. Like oh. I had to like switch over to it. Um, but since they already have like kind of more like a thread... It should just be that way. If somebody buys something, all of the information should just come up as like a notification on your thread. Like this person bought this and paid yep. this much. Yep. And then if they offer something else, you should still get the same screen you get to, but it should should also be in like the message thread. So you can go through a message thread with a customer and be like, oh, 
Here's all of the things they bought from me, the dates they bought things, offers they've done, maybe a return they did and I had an issue with this customer and like, oh, maybe uh, maybe I don't want to accept they, this offer. I they, had an issue with this ne- customer. They will class. never put that up. But it, it just makes sense to have it like all, you almost have like a, a, a customer account at that point. Like you can scroll through and see yeah. your history with them. Every message you did, um, every every return they've made, every it's all just there. And then if it's, it should just be like, you can delete the message or just ignore it. But then the next time they send something, it's just boop, right back up at the top of the account. Here's their message with their offer and their entire history of messages with you is there. Yeah, I mean, if I, if I, I have some rain spooner buyers that, They'll buy like five to 10 shirts at a time. And I know who they are by their username, but it would be really nice if, you know, sometimes I don't hear from them for like two years and it would just be nice if it popped up. And it, because telling me after the fact that it's a repeat buyer, it kind of helps because then I try to put their name in my memory bank. But when they send the offer, just, just let me know. Mm-hmm. Just let me know. So, all right. Hey, uh, appreciate all of you guys. By the way, here's something where I am a repeat buyer. It's that American Bubble Boy. And uh, I, <laughs> I've i already gone through the American Bubble Boy rap that I bought from like two weeks ago. That's how good sales have been now. It's been because I've had a lot of hard goods. I will tell you, the larger bubble wrap, it's easier to wrap things. You know how we have a, uh, we have our Q4 wrap? Yeah. You should make a bubble wrap wrap. Okay. American about, Bubble Boy, hit us up. How many up. bars could we do there? So, plenty. Plenty. Should we do a Q4 wrap? No, I mean, if we're going to do another wrap, it should not be Q4. We've already got our Q4 wrap. We, okay, we gotta, it should we be just the, the reselling wrap. Yeah. Okay. It, could be, it could be the bubble wrap wrap. Well, we got we have somebody, somebody that wants to be like be a guest at, on, on, mm. on it. And I think they would be good. Yeah. So, anyways. Dropping bars, man. Stay, stay tuned. <laughs> All right, by the way. So, if you think, getting back to what we were talking about, uh, American Bowl Boy, uh, great brand, fast shipping, free two-day shipping. Uh, next day shipping, local pickup, all kinds of goods. Make sure to go to the link below, AmericanBowboy.com. Uh, if you use our link, they let they, they are told that we sent you guys over there. Helps us out and helps you out. And here's the thing. Make sure to follow us on social media because the last time we had that huge deal uh, that we were able to get, I think I got like 400 square feet for like 25 bucks. It's because, you know, we, we were in contact with American Bowl Boy. We follow American Bowl Boy. We found out about it pretty quick. And we were able to get a lot of people on our Discord, a lot of people that follow us on social media to get that deal. So keep an eye because I'm pretty sure uh, Joel and the team over there is going to be doing tomorrow American Bowl Boy deals. All right. If you haven't following us on social media, we are Pierce Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. We are Pierce Cast on Twitter. You could always give us a call, 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. We actually have a hustle a week next week. That's a phone call. So looking forward to that. Always shoot us an email if you want. Podcast at gmail.com. That's Podcast at gmail.com. And if you're listening to the podcast for the first time uh, or you've been listening to the podcast for a long time, jump on over to YouTube. Check us out on YouTube. Subscribe. Hit that bell button. Uh, Let us know in the comments. In the comments, what are you uh, most excited for this coming Q4? If you want to just say, I want to enjoy Christmas, enjoy Christmas. Because honestly, I think this year I'm, I'm, so I haven't shared this much on this, but I'll share this is what I'm looking forward to. I think I'm going to be Amazon-like this year. I don't think I'm going to be doing the crazy driving I've done the last two, three years. Interesting. I think I'm going to, because you and I have always talked about, like, you always bring it up, Orlando. What if you just used all that time and just did eBay? Mm-hmm. Like, would you get the same results? I don't think I'll get the same results. But my kids are getting older and, uh, I, you know, I kind of want to enjoy these 
you know, Christmas is, you know, at least the next two years to my oldest graduates. So yeah, I think that's good. So anyways, uh, where are we at? Okay. We're back to the YouTube. Yeah. What cracks me up is somebody again said, I, I, you know, what Mike looks like is totally not what I pictured from the podcast. Somebody else had that? Yes. It was oh, on Instagram yesterday. There we go. So, <laughs> and I said, well, I wonder if that's I good mean, or bad. We, They're like, we, it could be both. Yeah. We tell them, we tell them that, uh, you know, I've got the, the, the bald dome and we got the beards. I mean, what do you, what do you, what do you expect? I feel like, I feel like bald bearded guys are, are literally like, they, we all look the same. You know, I'm just going to throw it out there. I had one student tell his mom, um, his mom, uh, you know, kind of volunteers at our school sometimes. So she come and told me, uh, my son was at, we were at a gas station and some guy was pumping gas and he was like a little bit shorter than you and a little bit bigger, like, you know, heavier guy than you. And he had bald and beard. And my son was like, that's like a, that's like a Dollar Tree version of, uh, of Mr. Mike. <laughs> they don't call me Mr. Mike, but, and she's like Dollar Tree version. She's like, yeah, he doesn't, you know, he, he looks similar, but not exactly. Looks like the off brand. I thought that was pretty funny. So, yeah. Now, I will say, I think we're ahead of the trend. I'm seeing a lot of people like trying to grow beards now and, and shave mm -hmm. their heads. So if you've been with us from the beginning, appreciate you. Yeah, beards are cool. I, I've been I've been wearing a beard long before they're cool. And then they became hipster cool. And then now they're like, you know, just like mainstream cool. So, you know, we'll see. Are they? I don't know if they're mainstream yet, though, but hopefully... All right. Uh, where are we? Oh, hey, if you have, no, wow, this episode is so off today. So if you haven't uh, yet written a review on iTunes, please jump on over. Uh, iTunes is just really great for us as far as when you write reviews, it pushes up on the algorithm, keeps us the number one reselling podcast out there. So not only leave a five stars, but leave a comment as to why. And and whenever people do, it's great because we hear from experienced resellers. We hear from new resellers. We hear from people that aren't even resellers and just want to hear about what's going on. So yeah. jump on over to iTunes. Love it. Are you ready to talk about some uh, important things? eBay open happened. Was it worth it? Consumers are buying more secondhand, early Christmas shopping, and uh, some more things that we may or may not talk about. Orlando, take it away. Okay, so eBay Open was this past week, and uh, I, I'm 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 gonna be upbeat for a little bit, and then we we gotta get into the the realness of it all. It looks kind of lame. <laughs> okay, so he, I, I didn't do it, so I can't say. It, but I'm just like from the little things I saw. It so like, listen, eh. I I applaud eBay for honoring the sensibilities of different populations. What I mean by that is we've just been through a whole two years where people wanted to stay away from each other. Right. But there's, you know, most people now want to engage with one another in real life, but there are still a lot of people that still want to stay away from each other. And so I think eBay kind of there, hopefully I'm hoping that this was just like the last time that there's a hybrid. I'm hoping that this next year will be an in-person three day eBay open, maybe not in Vegas because there's no water in Vegas, but somewhere, <laughs> but somewhere. Uh, and because eBay open, you know, I got to tell you, it was, it was, it was rough. I mean, the first morning I, I went into the networking like sessions and you go in there and there was like six people like on a zoom, but like you had to be invited into the zoom. And I think if I had gone to like a sneak peek thing, I would have been one of the moderators, but I just got busy and I didn't. And you only got in there by like getting in line. But even then it just, 
it just it just wasn't it, you know. Yeah. And and what was weird was some people would get on that Zoom, and they wouldn't talk. They would just like stare at the screen. And I'm like, just move, like let somebody else engage. Like, and so it just, there wasn't, I didn't feel there was a lot of networking because here, here's what it does. When you create that kind of a platform, it doesn't become a networking session. What it becomes is a Q and a session. And what I mean by that is whoever is on the screen on that zoom is seen as like the leader or the person that people and they ask questions and the person asks answers questions and just becomes like this Q&A. But if you're in a room with somebody and you're like shaking hands and there's hors d'oeuvres and there's drinks, you're like talking, you're asking people, you know, how are things going? How is your reselling business? You're not saying like, so what do you do for pictures? I mean, you might ask those questions, but it becomes more of getting to know each other. And those networking sessions, in my opinion, I went through I went to several of the rooms because I was trying to you know, trying to get to know as many people as I could, it just felt like it was just Q and a sessions. It wasn't like a networking experience. Uh, and you know, the, the best part about it was going to eBay open studio. And I'll talk about that in a little bit, but you know, they had some updates. It's interesting that eBay does not put the keynotes on the eBay for business page. They put all the sessions, but not the keynotes. And maybe it's just me. <laughs> I have my major concerns that this unpaid item thing will not, Will not come to fruition. I hope I am 100% wrong. But to me, it just seems like something that could easily have been handled years ago. Remember, so to clarify, we're talking about the fact that, you know, someone makes an offer. It, they don't have to necessarily pay. Uh, you accept the offer. Or if somebody buys an item, uh, they don't have to pay right away. As opposed to other platforms where somebody, you know, puts a bid, they win it. Or they make an offer and they win it. Or they buy an item and they win it. Uh, then the money automatically comes out of their account. They're paying for it right then. You get the the money as the seller, or at least the money is 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 there. You know, it's yours as opposed to or on eBay. Somebody can buy something, they don't pay for it, and then it sticks in this limbo section for a while. And eBay has kind of been hinting at or promising for a long time now that this will be fixed, and they've had various reasons of why it has. Well, it went from ignoring for a long time to hinting to now saying they're going to. Because there was a time where eBay never even acknowledged that like that was a problem. I mean, that's a trajectory of of uh, change of 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 speaking of change, right? Like I, the I guess, I guess is- so. But I, 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 the sense I got was if 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 Ioni, okay, the CEO, had gone up there and his very first thing goes on the keynote. Guys, I have great news. Starting tomorrow, no more unpaid items. People would walk away going, that was the best eBay open ever. No one would th- remember the Zooms. No one would remember, you know, all the sessions that they were like, what am I doing here? Like, no one would remember anything. They would remember that this is the year that eBay came through. I, I just, I know it. Because that was the talk of everyone. The moment that was expressed in the keynote, the moment I put that on social media, Everybody, everybody commenting, 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 like, what is going on right now? A couple other cool things, and I want to hear your thoughts on this. One was they they did a live demonstration of the live stream, one of the keynotes. So, yeah, they are going to be a whatnot competitor. Um, I think it's going to be great because you can use your own inventory, which is awesome because it's not like, you know, right now a lot of people are doing whatnot. And some people are having to pull their stuff from eBay and that's a lot of work because then you got to find what it is and remove it. And then if it doesn't sell, maybe you relist it on eBay. Um, and 
on on the on you know when they showed it you don't have to like take images it'll just pull you know, like your listing it'll show images while you're doing the auction so i think it's great i think it's awesome here's my only catch will there be unpaid items on the live stream auction because the beauty of whatnot if you sell up to a thousand items you get paid instantly right and even if you know and let's say you don't get paid instantly let's say you've only sold under a thousand within a week as soon as that item gets delivered you get paid there is no unpaid items everybody pays yeah well and it's more of the fact that when somebody buys the item they already had to have the credit card information correct in, so, correct so it, it's less of when you because i'm fine with my money being tied up if i know i'm getting the money agreed right? agreed um, I, I i almost considered that as less of a concern i just I don't know if eBay is in the right position to to move forward with that because one, I don't know if the eBay market in general, the, the people who are on eBay, if that's the right demographic for a whatnot style auction system. Another thing too is what kind of makes whatnot work is not everybody's a seller. It, it's it's not the easiest thing to become a whatnot seller and then to become like a known whatnot seller, like certain categories, like you have to like apply, you've got to like, mm-hmm. there's things you have to do and you have to apply for certain categories. So if they just open it up to anybody with inventory, how am I going to drive I don't people think to they're my gonna store? Do that. I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to do what whatnot did. Like you have to have a certain track record. You might have to, I mean, whatnot even makes you take pictures of your inventory to validate that you have inventory. Yeah, inventory. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, maybe we'll see. Uh, it's one of those things that um, I'm glad eBay's making steps in the right direction because, you know, like I've mentioned before, eBay is a very wide company, right? They have they cover many, many, many different markets and 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 niches and all of that stuff. Uh, but so many competitors are coming and taking large parts of like mm-hmm. a, a section of that, right? Like, you know, you've got. You're doing everything, but we're going to come in. We're going to take the uh, the clothing market of like people 18 to 30. Okay. All right. Poshmark, right? Yeah. Or we're going to come in and we're going to take like certain types of collectibles. And then that's that's your your Depop or your or even your whatnot, right? Like certain companies are coming in and taking whole sections of eBay, as it were. And not that Poshmark is going to necessarily overrun eBay overnight because it's, it's not as wide. It's not necessarily meant to. Uh, but if all of these, it's almost like I almost look at it like it's being attacked by little, little, you know, predators coming and taking little bites out of it. Like one little bite out of the the, the company that's eBay isn't going to crash eBay. But if eBay can't keep up with the time. So I appreciate that they're trying to do something to keep up with the times. I just one don't know if it's too little too late for eBay um, or two, if this is the right market, like and this is the right step. See, I, I, I think, feel like I think it's the right call. Maybe. I mean, they've got to do something. I feel like whatever it is. I would say if I were to, to boil it down to what is the number one thing eBay needs to do besides make money because they're a company, the number one thing eBay needs to do is they need to re re up their, their image as it were in people who are 15 to 30. I, I agree with it. And I would say I agree with that. So real quick, touch base on the live stream one more time. The reason I say, I think this is the right call. We, we talked about this in the last uh, update episode it's a booming business like in China and other parts of the world and whatnot is definitely exponentially growing. I mean, whatnot, I just saw a thing where they're getting like all these celebrities to sign their own Funko pops and they're going to run an auction. Like they're doing such a, whoever is their marketing person is genius. Like I remember they had one where they had post Malone on there. They got Barstool sports doing stuff. I mean, they're, they're getting everybody. 
right? They're getting everybody. And they're not only getting everybody, but they're getting like relatable, like people like that are trending at the moment. Right. And so, yeah. When was the last time eBay had somebody trendy? Like uh, they do some sneaker stuff here and there, but yeah, it's not, it's not, I mean, it's, it's kind of like what, like what not on TikTok. They're all over TikTok, all over TikTok. And as much as we joke about TikTok and as much as we think it's a, you know, an attempt to take information from us, it it's, it's super relevant now. I mean, it is, it is pushing the culture. And so I just, I, I don't know. Yeah, I agree with you. I, and the other thing is at eBay open that I was at, maybe is, I don't know what it was, but I would say most people that were there were within 20 years of my, like, no, within 15 years of my age, within 10 years, like it was an older population there, which I thought was interesting because I've been to other eBay open. There's a lot of 20 year olds there and stuff. This one, I just, there just wasn't. Yeah. Well, and even still, even if you're seeing 20 year olds there because they figured out how to make money on eBay, I would just say if you went onto a college campus and we're like, hey, when was the last time you bought something on eBay? Oh, no, a lot of people buy stuff on eBay still, I think. I, I don't think so. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. I, I don't, right. I don't, I don't think in that market. Like I bet you if you went to a college campus. People like Depop? If they're buying, I mean, if they're buying secondhand, you know, which a lot of them are, and we're going to talk about that. Um, they're, they're thrift stores, Depop, Etsy, Poshmark, um, ThreadUp. There's tons of companies that like are the thing that they're doing. It's like eBay, right? Like eBay, my, my parents and grandparents. I don't know. eBay. It's funny because I still, um, yeah, I don't know. I, you and I agree to disagree. This has been a thing we've been going back and forth for like years on this. Well, one. I mean, I'm sure we can look it up. What's the, what's the demographic customer on well, eBay? We don't need it's to look it up right now. Next update episode. We'll, right. we'll come with stats. All right. The other thing, this was interesting. So there's 24 pictures now being allowed for clothing items. What, what's your thoughts on that? It sounds like. Uh, more work for us. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny because I, when I first heard it, I was like, this is weird. Like we have a video option, right? So if we could shoot a video, who's going to, I'd rather spend 30 seconds and shoot a video than take 24 pictures. Like 20, 24 is double. So I just didn't, I didn't see the value in that. And I don't know if you saw the meme that I, that I put on Instagram, but it was like eBay sellers, please provide instant payment for all offers. And then on the other side, it's eBay looking at the sun rising going, we offer now 24 listings, like totally oblivious. And that, that's what I, so here, here I'll, I'll end on a positive note, but this is what I wanted to share. I feel like there's a major disconnect right now between uh, whoever, whoever's calling the shots on eBay and I'm not, I'm not just saying this to you, whoever, whoever is like in charge of all this stuff and resellers. Now, the reason I say this, it's interesting because I know eBay invites sellers to their headquarters and does like, they do like focus groups and all this stuff. But, uh, you know, I'll give you an example. I asked a question, I showed this on Instagram. I asked a question about, you know, does having too many watchers in an item hurt you if that item doesn't sell over a certain amount of time? Most eBay YouTubers, people that resell a lot would tell you, yes, because what that means is that you have an item that's sitting there, okay, and there's no conversion happening. And since there's no conversion happening, eBay is going to push that lower in the search. I asked this question. The response I got was, the more watchers you have, the better it is for you. 
And I was like, no, that's not true. I mean, maybe in the way of like, if you've got a bunch of watchers, then that means your item is hot and somebody is eventually going to buy it. Like, that's probably what, you know, that's technically a true statement. If you've got a lot of eyes on your product, it's probably going to sell. But that's not addressing the actual question, which is, if I have a lot of people looking at items and it's not selling, is yeah. that pushing me down in the algorithm? And so there was a lot of stuff like that where questions were being asked and people just couldn't answer it. And so, or, or it was like a roundabout answer. And so I, I have a major concern. I mean, even this whole unpaid item thing, like what what is what is going on that people are not aware of how serious of matter it is? Like how are people not aware of how much of a time waster it is, but for somebody to sell something and you know, you got to cancel the sale. You got to contact the buyer. You have to follow up with the buyer. What if the item sells at like 12 o'clock and you're, and you have to go run an errand two hours later and the person hasn't paid and then they pay for it like around four o'clock, but you have to ship it out to the post office before five, but you're not going to be back at home. Like there's a lot of things that factor in and that are just not, I guess they're just not seen. And um, we had a lot of people on the Discord comment too that it just felt like the eBay Open Studio was a big advertisement. They did a whole video on their grants. They did a whole video on how they're helping, you know, a lot of individuals and they're dealing with climate change and all these different things. But when it came down to like the on the ground, like this is how you are successful. This is how, you know, you know, no one ever mentions about actively listening. No one. This is why when eBay has like eBay University and all that, that's why people don't go there. This is why our podcast continues to be listened to. This is why Craigslist Hunter gets, you know, thousands of views. Reezy, uh, you know, a bona fide hustler, college picker, like all these people continue to get YouTube views. Harry Tornado, all these people. When you think you would think everybody would go straight to the source. Right. You would think they would go to the videos that are produced by eBay themselves. But the reason I think that people don't go is because there's a there's something there that there's like a disconnect and there aren't enough people on that team that understand the logistics of running an on the ground eBay business. Maybe I, I think that there's probably something to be said for that, except for I wouldn't I don't necessarily expect that the executives, not the execs, but the people they send out to answer questions. Okay. I'm not asking for, you know, Eoni to like, or, or Jordan Sweetum to be like, well, yeah, if you have too many, like, I don't expect them. They, they're execs. They have to run eBay. They have to make sure it's successful. They have, you know, they have their people on their board. They have to make sure that, you know, the management's fine. That I understand. Yeah, it's a different skill set. Yeah. I'm not asking for that, but I'm asking for the people that are there. They 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 should be reselling consistently, which they used to do, and maybe still do. But I I just I didn't get that sense. Yeah, I I think that's fair to say if they're if they're kind of going to be in a sense an ambassador for the company, Correct. then they should they should have a better understanding of what the typical person. But the problem is, again, if we're going to be talking about like demographics, if we're looking at how many how much of eBay is made up of like eBay's total profit is made up of. Sellers like us, the garage sale sellers that have just random items, yeah, collectibles. We're, we're 20%. And that's 20% when you add all of us together, right? Yeah. So that's how many different markets, like used car parts probably makes up a good chunk of that. And then used, you know, so it's so like when it really comes down to it, like what we do is probably such a small percentage, 
that their energy is probably better used, Mm -hmm. but, but you would imagine they'd at least have a handful of people that that's their focus is, Hey, how do we make this, even if it's a minority group on, on eBay, this type of seller, how can we connect with them better? Uh, But the reality is maybe the eBay doesn't care to necessarily put the time and energy and money that it takes to make us happy because we kind of see ourselves as like because we're in in our own reselling bubble yeah we're on our the instagrams that we're on the the social media the groups we're in the other resellers we're surrounded by people and it almost becomes an echo chamber of like this is what ebay reselling is and ebay is like um well like that's a part of what we do yeah yeah like so, that, okay you know so let me let me end on a positive note i am extremely grateful that ebay does this right ebay doesn't have to do ebay open studio ebay doesn't have to you know, provide swag, doesn't have to provide my free shirt, doesn't have to provide my mug that I have, doesn't have to provide Mike's ice cream scooper that he got in his swag bag. Did you get that? Did you open the swag bag? Did they do an ice cream social? Uh, no, no. Well, no, but they had awesome food. Like, but I mean, like that, that would have made sense. Like the ice cream scooper. If it no, was there like was no a, ice cream social, oh, but they had oh. like a macaroni and cheese with like truffle. Nice. Like, no, no, okay. they took care of you. Like, and so on the other end, there were a lot of people on the eBay team that very great people, great to have conversations with. I uh, just had a great time. They're very supportive of everyone there. Uh, and it was awesome. It was, I'm very appreciative that eBay put together an environment that was fun, that was relaxing, that you got to meet other resellers and you got to talk and you got to network. And so, yeah, it was, it was an amazing time. I still had a great time, even though I showed up a day early and lost six hours of my life. Did you? <laughs> How do you do that? How do you not look up? Come on, Orlando. Listen, the date was in my mind for like two months that it was on that Thursday. And you don't like check the day before? Like, no, because that's the the invite. I arranged childcare. I did everything to make sure everything was right, but it was just on the wrong date. Now, luckily, I was able to go on the second day. But listen, eBay, I am very thankful. (laughs) It was so bad. Five hours of my life. I had to pay $26 in parking for that part. Should have just got a hotel down there. I thought about it, but then I had a lot of stuff to take care of here. So I just drove back. So anyways, but eBay did take care of us. It was a great time. I'm extremely grateful. I I love the opportunity. Uh, And again, eBay is my my platform. eBay is where I sell. I think a lot of the reasons that I say what I say is because I just want eBay to do better because it's what I believe in. I believe that eBay is the ultimate reselling platform for secondary goods. And I want it to stay there. Because it helps all of us. So yeah. that's my two cents. All right. Hey, uh, I, I, you know, I, I've been saying this for a while, but I do think that this Q4, I think secondary goods are going to do better than they've done in every other Q4 in the last few years. Yeah. I, I think so too, in the sense that, you know, we've talked about this in the past. It's hard though. The, I, we're not in the, in the type of downturn economy, economy where, People are, are willing to like, hey, I I, uh, I made you a handmade, you know, like a paper airplane for Christmas. And I spent time on it. Like people are still buying stuff. And so when you're buying gifts for people and it's not like, hey, we're so bad, we can barely afford, you know, food. And so, you know, the gifts change. Like if you were to look at gifts like in in other places or, or in times in America where like the, you know, people were struggling, thinking like Great Depression people weren't going to to malls and buying new stuff. Right. So we're not there. And so when people are buying gifts, I still think people, when they buy gifts, they buy new because it's just so weird. Like I give gifts. I don't mind giving, I give new typically 
when I find like new unopened things at garage sales, like, oh my goodness, this like unopened uh, frozen toy is totally something my niece would love. Oh, her birthday's coming up. I can throw this in with her birthday gift that I've already got her. And, you know, now she's gotten a better gift and I only paid two bucks for it. Like easy peasy. But used stuff, I just, I still don't know how many people are going to be buying used for like Christmas gifts or birthday gifts. It's possible. I mean, I just, let me read the latest report. Here's this from CNN. Uh, it said, savvy consumers have found a way around sky high inflation to keep buying more than just necessities. They're doing it by shopping for their closets, homes, outdoor spaces, home offices, and workout areas, not from retailers, but from each other. Large chains such as Walmart and Target and Bed Bath & Beyond are struggling with an oversupply of merchandise and lack of demand for discretionary items like furniture, electronics, home decor, and clothing. But those uh, those are exactly the categories that are hot demand in the second-hand marketplace. According to the fourth fourth annual industry report from OfferUp, a leading online resale marketplace, the CEO stated, while re-commerce has become popular in culture with its use for clothing resale, our research found that 76% of items bought and sold pre-owned are not apparel and instead fall into categories of electronics, furniture, home goods, home improvements, sporting goods, outdoor equipment, and auto parts. Uh, demand for secondhand clothing and other items was already strong heading into the pandemic with environmentally and budget-conscious millennial and Gen Z shoppers driving interest in resale. The pandemic strained the momentum and now surging inflation has fortified it. Yeah, I mean, I think what I when when I'm hearing that because we've been talking about this for a long time. The point I guess I was trying to make because I don't want to say like I don't think secondhand market is going to do well or is doing well. I just think that like we don't when we f- phrase it as this Q4 secondhand market. Uh, when we think of Q4, we're typically thinking Christmas holiday shopping. Okay, okay. So I think secondhand market is going to continue to rise and do well. I just don't know if we need to necessarily point and say, and it's going to do much, much better at Christmas time. Cause if it's, if it's significantly improving year round in a lot of ways, that's better for us. I'd rather the secondary market do better 12 months out of the year than just a little bit better for two months out of the year. You know what I'm no, saying? I agree. I agree with you. I, ju- I just get the sense that it's just, it, I think it's going to be there and I could be wrong And this, but I am pivoting my business towards more secondhand this Q4 uh, and I'm not talking about secondhand clothes. I'm talking about like collectibles, things that people can't find. Yeah. Right. That That's what I'm looking at. I'm talking about vintage toys. I'm talking about items that people are looking for. Like, let's say their dad, their dad who is wealthy and has, they can, have, they can buy whatever. They could buy the Gucci. They could buy the Louis Vuitton, but the, can they find that one Hot Wheel white Camaro treasure hunt from the nineties? That's worth like two to $3,000. Right. If they can't find it and you have it, you're going to sell it. That's what I'm talking about. So, all right. Uh, another interesting thing you're talking about new stuff. So Amazon is adding another prime day in October. So this goes, this lends to the idea of people are shopping earlier for Christmas and Amazon, I think is setting that standard. Uh, there's also uh, other re- news reports from Walmart and target. Uh, they plan to begin offering deals and price matching the offers earlier this year to keep with Americans pressed by soaring inflation and looking for ways to ease a potential uh, sting of holiday shopping. And now they not, they've opened their return window. Okay. Their return window is from October 1st to January 31st. So what does this say to us as resellers? If you're selling on Amazon right now, you probably should be sourcing and trying to flip stuff. This happened last year. I made more money in October than I made in November. And I made more money in November than I made in December. Okay. And along with that, 
if you have eBay listings and you're kind of wondering, like, I'm going to wait, I, I would list them now. Like people are buying now. So don't wait. Cause maybe we don't, here's the thing with this kind of macroeconomic situation right now, right? There's an ongoing war in another part of the world. Uh, gas prices are going back up again. Inflation it was supposed to be at a peak, but then it's not. <laughs> and, uh, and then we have other, you know, situations throughout the world. We had almost a train. There's a lot of things happening. You want to sell when you can sell because there may be a time when things hit in the economy and you may not be able to sell. So might as well strike now. Yeah. I okay. agree. All right. And I think, I think that's it. That's, I think we're good with reselling topics. That's, that's good. <laughs> okay. So let's go to the, uh, that, that sweet, juicy bolo set. Bolo. 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 What's your bolo? Yeah. So my bolo is wool. <laughs> Wool. Can, can you expound on that? Like, sure. should we all buy sheep? Yeah, buy sheep. Have lots Start of them. shearing? Yeah, or alpaca wool uh, is great too. No, uh, but I bring that up because uh, a lot of the bigger sales that I've had clothing-wise recently, and even we've sold a handful when we did our whatnot auction, mm -hmm. was wool. So we're moving into uh, the cooler season. And as we're talking about secondhand market, you know, doing well, the reality is the cheapy sweaters, cotton, all of those things, unless it's like a, a high end, a high brand, you can, you can get anywhere. But I think people, since they're buying used, they're going for like the higher quality used. And yeah, there, there's something to be said about wool, uh, like sweaters, sweaters specifically, I think are kind of like where the, the hot ticket is on the wool, but other things too. I mean, maybe mittens and hats and beanies and things that are wool lined. And it's, it has once, I mean, we've all probably felt wool. If you're been reselling for a long time, you've, you've touched it and, and, and stuff. Well, the good sellers are like, like the new era or like the baseball caps that are wool so well. Yep. Pendleton is virgin wool. So as well. Yep. Right. So just, I bring it up because it's, it's, it's almost like a simple rule of thumb where you're at a thrift store, you're looking at a whole bunch of random sweaters. Maybe there's some money in some of the cotton ones cause it's vintage and it has a certain, you know, they only made so many. But you you almost can't go wrong if at least looking if there's a, a brand and it says wool, right? Like you feel it. Hey, this is wool. And if you can get it for a decent price, they sell on the low end. I think the lowest I've sold like wool sweaters for is like $35, $40 on eBay. And that's for, on the low end. And they can go all the way up to 100 plus depending on the brand. And if you're picking them up for a few dollars at a thrift store or at a garage sale, it's, it's an easy, almost a no-brainer. And so check out wool. Um, as we're going into the cold section and season. And the other thing too, which kind of benefits us as resellers is, you know, we go to Costco, we go to Target, Walmart, and you see like, they've got the sale items. Costco's like the dream for it. Uh, they've got jackets out and they've got pants and they've got all the, the sweaters, but they put it out so early, like basically a season before, you know, if you want, if you want winter stuff, you pretty much have to buy it early fall or you're not getting winter stuff. Cause then in the winter time, they're already starting to put out like spring stuff. Yeah. And you're like, where are the jackets? Where are the sweaters? So as a reseller, the people who are like, you know what? I should have picked up that wool, those wool sweaters they had selling at Costco. I didn't get one. Oh man, what am I going to do? Oh, they're so expensive online now because they're not on sale at Costco a season early. Uh, I guess I'm going to go to eBay. So anyways, check it out. Um, it, it's it's a it's basically just a simple rule of thumb that's going to get you a decent profit. What if things got so primitive? Like first a podcast and we had to go like, Whoa, like we actually met like 
Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, go buy Flint. Sheep. Go capture some sheep. Right now, Flint <laughs> and uh, and and uh, whale blubber is just a premium. If you can get yourself some whale blubber, man, you'll be able to like make candles. I just, you can I just read laugh. at nighttime. I, I'm just Things laughing. Things are getting real bad. I because I've been catching like social media. Like I TikTok the algorithm is like insane. So I'll watch like these doomsday preppers and like. September 24th, like apocalypse and like, mm. and then it's like, well, maybe I was off, but it's September 26th. Be it's ready. Coming. Right. And I'm like, come on. Like how many times have people said that now in the world will happen one day. I personally believe that no one will know and it'll just happen. And when it happens, we'll deal with it. But uh, I, I just, I, you know, what if we ever got to that place? We're like, we're talking about, all right. So you should forage. That's our bolo. Forage these berries. That's right. <laughs> All right. Hey, my bolo. Uh, speaking of end times, gun holsters, mm, seeds. <laughs> seeds. Yeah, seeds are good. <laughs> no, no, gun holsters. So the reason I bring up gun holsters, I remember years ago, good old scavenger life had mentioned they bought like a bunch of gun holsters, and that always stuck in mind. Remember, whenever you listen to bolos, like a lot of people are talk about like keeping lists and putting stuff on phones. I, I'm a big fan of like just make sure you make a mental note and you just keep it there because you never know. When you're going to remember that. And I remember with gun holsters, I two weeks ago was the first time I actually came across like a huge, like not a huge, it was like maybe five to 10 gun holsters. And I, I paid only a dollar for each of them. Are they like old vintage leather ones? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, usually the brand Beyond, is it Beyond I don't know. It, gun, gun holsters can be hard. Um, I mean, it's your bullet. Yeah. I'll let you do it. But yeah. gun holsters can be difficult because so many of them are specific. So unless it's like a collector who just wants it for looks like, Oh, this is an old world war. Yeah. Two. So this one was for a cult. Okay. Right. But even right. still like, you got to know like what model, like, is it yeah. a 45? Well, a- these, they, they embossed it on the gun holster. Oh, that's nice. So that was, so if you don't, you know, if you don't know a lot about guns, it's really easy on some of these. Cause they not only, not only they tell you the name brand on it, but it also like below, it'll tell you what kind of gun it'll tell you, you know, 357. It'll tell you, you know, Colt. it'll tell you, and then, you know, you might get questions. Is it for a J frame? Is it for a K frame? If you're dealing with Smith and Wesson and, and, and so, and that's all stuff I've just recently learned. It's not like I'm a gun connoisseur. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they saw, they saw, well, I mean, when I was listening, I was listening high, I sold one, I paid two bucks and, and overnight sold for $65, right? It was the Avenger, the, the Bianchi Avenger Colt holster holster. Nice. So Anyways, so definitely a bolo because uh, I think I think a lot of people are just trying to just offload it, you know, especially if somebody's been in law enforcement for a long time. They probably have a huge collection and you go to the estate sale. Not a lot of people are looking for them and uh, definitely uh, keep an eye for gun holsters. So. All right. Hey, listen, we talked about whatnot here. And the, and the reason we bring whatnot is there's an opportunity for free money. And free. It is free. And what's the interesting free 50 free. So, so what's interesting to me is how many people sign up for through our link and, and you get the free $15, but no one's spending it. You should go spend it because it's a free $15. Like, and so if you use our link, if you use our link below and you'll get a $15 credit, obviously affiliate link. So we, we do get a kickback here too. Uh, but listen, if you're trying to source, I'm telling you one night is, is a great platform. If you're trying to go into thrift stores, I love whatnot. The reason I love whatnot is because when you go there, most of the stuff that's being sold is sold by resellers. So it's pre-selected, right? Most of the time, sometimes you'll get some that try to sell you junk, but it's pre-selected and a lot of people are up and coming and they're new. And so 
some of them are just trying to just move the stuff, move that inventory. So you can get some great deals. I mean, even with us, right? We sold like a John Varvatos jacket that's worth like 300 bucks for $65, right? Yeah. Is that the goat skin? <laughs> it was the goat skin leather. Another polo. <laughs> Somebody got a deal. John Varvatos goat it's skin. Goats. Keep an eye, right? So listen, use the link below, go out there, helps us out, helps you out, gives you free $15, but make sure you spend it because then you can turn that into an, a resale item, which will make you even more profit. So you we get should, a free 15, you can turn it into even a hundred bucks. We should do a competition. It's, it's like an unofficial competition, but let's see in the comments below, sign up with the link, get your free 15. Uh, you got to pay shipping, but I mean, that's still the inventory 15. So you're at least getting stuff for, yeah, if you for, buy like something for three bucks, it's going to cover your shipping. Right. So the, uh, the way you should, let's do a competition. Let's see who can get the, the best item for the cheapest price on whatnot and put it in the comments below. Let us know. What did you get on whatnot with your free 15 from your Pure Hustle podcast link? And uh, if we get some good ones, we'll share them on the podcast. We'll, uh, that, that'll be your prize. We'll, we'll, we'll shout it out as like a hustle of the week. I'm kind of like, uh, like. If you if you get the free fifteen, you buy something, you flip it for good money. We could have like a one not hustle of the week episode. I mean, we you don't even have to flip it yet. Like just 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 whatever you bought, right? Like if it's like this will sell for you know we'll take that, we'll take your word for it, and then when it sells, that's double. Uh, but we'll we'll do like a little section on on an upcoming. So let so, us know in the comments. So we're below. saying don't even buy from us, buy from other people, buy from anyone. Yeah, right? spend your fifteen bucks. All right, so that is our our whatnot there. All right, what are you looking forward to here, Mike? Um. Man, it's tough. So I'm maybe maybe it's this. So I'm going to Disneyland this weekend uh, with oh, wow. for a for yeah. So it's it's for a birthday uh, party. Uh, it was paid for, so I don't have to pay for it. Um, I don't have to pay for me, my wife, or my my son to wow. go to Disneyland. So like, good for of course, you. I'm not going to pass that up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, the nice thing is, anytime I'm at Disneyland, is an opportunity to at least look and try and find some items that you can flip. Now, here's the thing: you got to be careful if you're like a pass holder, a season pass holder, getting a discount with your season pass and you go to Disneyland to buy things to flip, you can get your season pass revoked. But if you're just going and it's just like a one-off, hey, I bought like three of these items and I sold it, you know, from Disneyland, you can do fine. The hard part is you've, you've got to know what it is, right? Like every every season, it's different things. Sometimes it's popcorn bu buckets. Sometimes it's like a toy in the store. Um, you, you typically want smaller things if possible. Uh, for a while there, it, there was a uh, there was a, a leather like wallet that you can get that was It's a Small World. And it was, I think coach was like partnering with it's a small world so you can get a oh, disney coach funny. uh it's a small world and they were like special edition ones and you can only get them at, at disneyland so again they were selling like hotcakes on poshmark so uh, i'm gonna have to spend a little bit of, of time trying to research and potentially not only go to disneyland for free uh but but flip a couple of things and pay for that crazy 30 dollar parking and food that's the goal pay for my parking and food and uh make it a completely free Disneyland adventure. It's a challenge. We'll see. You can ask me if I was able to do it. There you what go. about you? What are you looking forward to? A few things. Uh, so even though I know I say I'm going to do secondary goods, I do want to scout and just see what's out there in retail arbitrage. I just want to see because right now people are buying. So if I can get a feel for like there's some items I could 5x my money, I might go for it. So we'll see. Uh, I have a ton, a ton of unlisted inventory and Mike knows this because he sees it every time he comes over. And we record the episode. So I need to clear out a lot of this. Uh, I got to either list it or list it. I, I can't I can't do away with it. Like, I can't just donate. It's money. So I got to list it. And then uh, I need to finalize my shipping supplies. Why not kind of rock my shipping supplies? 
Um, I was not ready for all that. So I realized I was short on boxes. I realized I was uh, not short on padded envelopes. I got probably like 600 of those. Uh, but uh, remember, there's a lot of free USPS priority shipping boxes. Free. Just free. You can just go on their site, sign up, order them, and they'll get delivered to you for free. So I just I need to check out everything. I need to make sure everything's good. I need to be ready for Q4. By the time this episode drops, we're only going to be like two or three days away from Q4. Oh, man. So make sure. We're hey, all Q4 ready. is just a number. It's just, yeah, but it's it's a number where you can make some nice numbers. Yeah, money's just a number. Too. There you go. With that being said, make sure to be real. Be relevant. And be reselling. Plates. Peace.